I don't have a I don't have a witty opening remark. Welcome to Under the Bridge. <laughs> Welcome to Under the Bridge. I'm Cody, aka the Scarlet Troll. I'm Nick, aka Agent Duckman. And I am Greg. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> Honestly. And that's why we keep you. Fair enough. We got a lot of crap to go over today. We got a ton of news for both movies and games today, so. Mm-hmm. And also, a little bit of comics news, which is what I'm going to start with. We are getting, courtesy of Dan Slott and Marvel, the end of the Spider-Verse. I there saw. Yeah. In August. God, I hope so. <laughs> no, you don't understand. I'm so <laughs> sick of multiversal spider shenanigans. I'm sick, I'm, like... I'm not sick of the multiverse as a whole, but I am very sick of it with Spider-Man at this point. Where's Sony's money gonna go? In this... You know what? Good point. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, like, there's been... There was Spider-Verse, there was Spider-Geddon. The animated Spider-Man movies are all about the multiverse. We just had No Way Home. There's other Spider-Man stuff you can do that's not just, Hey, look at how neat this is. But I mean, to be fair, it it's all it's also kind of neat to get other new Spider-Man variants. Hmm. Like we're getting Spider Cat. Excuse me. What? I believe she's Spidey she and Felicia's daughter or something. Okay. Oh, oh! I think you meant oh, okay. a li- <laughs> literal cat. Is what I was thinking. <laughs> I thought you yeah. meant a literal cat. <laughs> we're getting Craven the Hunter as a Spider-Man. What? Okay. Yeah. We're getting a Spider-Man, he's called Spider-Laird, with a kilt. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry, that sounds like people running out of ideas. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. They kind of have run out of ideas. I see a dinosaur here, which tells me they just <laughs> decided to rip off B-Rex from Dark Knight's death metal. Okay. Alright. <laughs> like, I-, I welcome it, not even being a comics reader, but that does kind of sound like some of these people are like, alright, we-, we don't have anything else, what can we... Like, just pull out of our butts. Yeah, at least Batman, when Batman's a dinosaur, has a precedent of he has a robotic dinosaur in the Batcave, so that's not the craziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Spidersaurus, or whatever he's called, I don't know. Spidersaurus! I'm calling him that. I don't care what his actual name is. Y- yeah. He's Spidersaurus. Can't we just have, like, a whole comic run where it's just, it's just Japanese Spider-Man? Like Toei Spider Man, just like there was a whole thing. Wait, wait isn't Jap- the Japanese Spider Man like the girl with the Spider Man? No, no, neck? no, no, no. Oh, okay. That's SP backslash backslash DR. Wow. Okay. I'm talking about Toei Spider Man, which has a giant robot called Leopardon and a bracelet that he uses to transform it. Yeah, it's Spider Man. It's Spider Man. Yeah. Spider. Okay. And his giant mech suit, <laughs> Leopardon. It and ironically, since we're talking about it. Uh, it inspired Power Rangers and the Super Sentai series to really take off. It was the first wave of that in Japan. Huh. Yeah. Okay. In other Spider-Man news, since this is Spider-Man's 60-year anniversary, also in August, we are getting a giant one-shot called Amazing Fantasy number 1000. Oh, being wow. Being headlined by, of all people, Neil Gaiman. Really? Yes. <laughs> what? I can't wait for some whimsical Spider-Man tale about how the like you know life is just an anomaly. That uh, does sound delightful. <laughs> it sounds a little deep. <laughs> that, I that's like Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. Hmm. And also, Dan Slott is going to have a story between Peter Parker and Mary Jane set in the far future. A new Spider-Man villain introduced by Anthony Falcone and Michael Cho. 
a horror-fueled Spidey adventure courtesy of Hoche Anderson, and, oh, also stories by Rainbow Roll and Jonathan Hickman. Jonathan Hickman of X-Men fame? Yeah, I do like his current X-Men stuff. His Avengers stuff was a little high-concept out there, but hmm. his X-Men stuff is currently on point. Yeah, well, so I've heard. was. He currently stepped away, but the direction is still going. Hmm. Well, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Moving on to something that is comics adjacent, and by that I mean it's a bunch of multiverse of madness news that I can talk about now that somebody's seen the movie. Oh, hey, geez. hey look, I am not spending $15 for crap seats. <laughs> Fair, I'm still gonna make fun of you for it. <laughs> they weren't crap seats, they were zero. Zero isn't crap. Anyways. Anyway. <laughs> In slightly adjacent to Multiverse of Madness news, Benedict Cumberbatch was almost Maleketh in Thor the Dark World. Yeah, that's very interesting. How would and that And he worked? turned it down specifically because he, was, oh. he wanted to hold out for something a little more juicy were his words, which, yeah, I don't blame him. Yeah. That's, that's an epic level bullet dodge right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, he got put in a role that was literally made for him, so. Yeah. How would that have worked? I feel like people would kind of be like, wait, but you were in this mother movie. What? No, 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 no. No, he was almost Malekith before he was almost Doctor Strange. Oh, oh, okay. No, oh, okay. All right. I, yeah, that's I misunderstood generally how it, it works, Greg. They and Gemma, <laughs> Chan, Gemma Chan was Minerva and then Cersei. They don't give a shit. Okay. No, I I figured it was kind of Marvel being like, all right, we're just going to experiment like hell. So it's like, oh, okay, no, glad was, that's not the case. They came to him first. He said no, or maybe not first, but they came to him before they came to Christopher Eccleston. And mm. then he said no. And then Christopher Eccleston got saddled with it instead. <laughs> saddled <Eccleston>. with it. <laughs> I need, what else do you call playing that version of Malekith in Thor the Dark World. Who, uh, okay. who would, uh, let's, let's think about alternate future. If, uh, Doctor Strange wasn't Cumberbatch, who do you think would be a good Doctor Strange? I don't know, because my go-to is always they should have started it in the 80s and gotten Vincent Price. Yes, and that would have been amazing. Uh... Oh, Mr. Stark. I mean, I... <laughs> Johnny Depp. <laughs> I feel mm. like um, Mark Strong would have been fun. Ooh. But Mark Strong, Mark Strong, I feel like as fantastic as an actor as he is, he's a great, like, one of the best supporting actors. Mm. Like, maybe not so much as a lead, but he would have been fun as Doctor Strange. Okay. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, if I my, don't know. I know for they my wanted out there take. Phoenix at one point, but he didn't want to sign on for a multi-picture deal. Hmm. Oh, wow. Joaquin Phoenix would be an interesting pull. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't really like Hollywood, though. <laughs> ooh, ooh, I got it. Pedro Pascal. <gasps> oh! Ooh. Yeah. Pedro Pascal would be a kick-ass Doctor Strange. <laughs> but Cumberbatch is also just basically perfect. I, I could see Pedro Pascal being a very enjoyable Doctor Strange. Moving on, I guess. Yeah, in other things that were almost the case, this time about Multiverse of Madness, and if you still haven't seen Multiverse, some spoilers, don't worry, I'm timestamping it. We almost had Namor. What? 
Really? Rainbow was considered for part of the Illuminati. I would have loved that. <laughs> the baffling thing is, apparently they didn't use him because Marvel has plans for him elsewhere. I'm so happy to hear that. I actually like Namor a lot. But I'm that's sorry. also very vague. <laughs> it's rumored that he's the villain in Do or Black Panther 2. That's an odd word place to put him in, but okay. <laughs> Not really. Wakanda and Atlantis have really bad blood in the comics. You know what? Never mind. That makes a Actually, yeah, that actually makes some sense. But holy shit, man. I love Namor. The thing that's weird to me is them saying that it didn't happen because Marvel had plans for him when we know they have plans for mutants and we know they have plans for Mr. Fantastic and that didn't stop them from putting in John Krasinski and Patrick Stewart. And you can't say, well, nobody would recognize the character because Black Bolt. <laughs> 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 the moment you get Anson Mount back as Black Bolt, there's really not any reason why somebody wouldn't be in there. They really, yeah. they really could have replaced Black Bolt with Namor, and it would have gotten more of a reaction. Okay, well, but then again, you would have to have Reed Richards and Namor on the same nah, council. I, I think Black Bolt got more of would have gotten more of a reaction from me at least, just because them bringing back the actor from that god awful Inhuman series to play the main character of the god-awful Inhuman series, that's, that's news. <laughs> that's incredible. Other people we almost got, Deadpool was talked about, but they decided it wasn't the right time. It's not, it's not the right theme. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have the same, you know, weight to it if Deadpool was in there. Deadpool can get killed a lot. He wasn't going to be part of the Illuminati, I don't think. He was just considered. I don't know. To be I, in the movie. I'm trying to, like, make word it in a way where it doesn't sound stupid, but it does. We almost <laughs> got Daniel Craig as Mr. Fantastic. Oh! That would have been interesting. Amazing. He was actually the first pick, I guess, but then there was an uptick in COVID activity, and he was concerned about going on set, so he turned it down, and they got John Krasinski, which, <laughs> I don't know. I think I think Daniel Craig as Mr. Fantastic is a great idea, only if he does the Benoit Blanc voice from Knives Out. Yes, 100%. <laughs> Doctor Strange, you are causing an incursion! <laughs> oh, this mystery is not solved. Our donut hole is in fact a smaller donut with a hole of its own, and our original donut is not whole at all. I love that speech. Mm. Is there any rumors on who's going to play Namor? Yes, I'm blanking on the name, but one second. Because I'm genuinely curious, because I, I, ironically enough, I really like Namor a lot. He's one of my favorite, like, anti-heroes from the Marvel Universe. I just Allegedly, think he's an interesting character. it is Mexican actor Tena Huerta, but that's a rumor. It is by no means confirmed. Hmm. Hmm. Well, and whatever. I mean, considering all the rumors around Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, some of which were true, but some of which were not, I take it with a grain of salt. Also... Originally, we were going to get 616 more. God damn it, even I'm doing it now. We were going to get main MCU universe Mordo. Oh, wow. At the really? very beginning, oh, really? he was going to be hunting down Scarlet Witch with a bow, and then she was going to decapitate him. Interesting. It's nice to know that they didn't bring him in just to have him killed. I feel like that probably was the one scene where they would have been like, all right, this movie's rated R now. <laughs> Might have been. Might have mm. been a thing. Also, apparently Tom Cruise's Iron Man was discussed, but never filmed, and I don't think they even approached him with it. It was just an idea that was floated around. Mm. As was apparently Bruce Campbell as Bald of the Brave. <laughs> okay. 
but you know what? Pizza Papa's a little bit better of a use, I think. Pizza Papa is a great use of him. Oh, also, last little fun fact about Multiverse of Madness. Apparently, Wanda was not, or Elizabeth Olsen was not on set with any of the Illuminati members. Really? Huh. Was, yeah. She was asked what it was like working with John Krasinski, and she says, I don't know, I've never met him. It's movie magic. <laughs> <laughs> that is something she would say. <laughs> All right. I, I like Elizabeth Olsen, though. Yeah, yeah she's definitely. Great. She's I have wonderful. no problems with her, just her character. <laughs> Who, honestly, I don't really mind coming back if it means more Elizabeth Olsen. But there okay. has to be All some... Right, so there has to be... Is. Anyways, we're not getting into a Multiverse of Madness review again. Back to non-spoilery things. Riz Ahmed and Anil Karia are teaming for a Hamlet adaptation. I'm always down for a good ha- Hamlet adaptation. I'm always down for a Hamlet adaptation in general. Good or bad. <laughs> Oh boy, I don't know. I, I nothing will beat some of the Orson Welles stuff, like all of his adaptations. But Ooh, yeah, yeah, I'm always up for a new a new Hamlet adaptation. We haven't really had much Shakespeare in the last couple of years in film, like direct Shakespeare, not like t- weird t- odd take on Shakespeare. We haven't had like a direct adaptation of Shakespeare in a while, other than that one movie that was done by uh, the brothers, famous brothers and brother direct- Conan Cohen. It's but jo- Joel oh, Cohen. Cohen's, yeah. Yeah, Joel yeah. Cohen's uh, movie that he did with Denzel and, and it's uh, Othello. Other mm. than that, we haven't had many other adaptations of Shakespeare. So. Yeah, I mean, The Northman was pretty close to Hamlet, but I think that's more... It was a... I think it's more it predates Hamlet? No, wait. I'm not good with timelines. No, I mean... I mean, the main character is straight up called Amleth, and it's wanting to kill his <laughs> uncle to avenge his father, so... Wow, okay, portmanteau, that's pretty great. But I think that might be an actual myth. I don't, like, an actual Norse myth, too. I do not remember. To be fair, every single story, Shakespeare story, is ba- like has been, you know, taken and based on, like, everything is not original anymore, so. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I'll definitely welcome a Hamlet adaptation well over a um, Romeo and Juliet one. But... Okay, yeah, Amleth is actually the direct inspiration of Hamlet. So Really? Hmm. Huh. Shakespeare ripped off the Northmen. Damn it! <laughs> All right, great. I love calling Shakespeare an original. I say that's a that's a freaking sentence if there ever was one. <laughs> I'm kidding. I know it's more complicated than that. I'm making a joke. Nobody okay. get mad. Someone's what's, still gonna get mad. What's next in the docket? Arkasha Stevenson is making her directorial debut for 20th Century Studios' Omen prequel, The First Omen. <laughs> the oh. First Omen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How's that gonna work if it's free Damien? Yeah, like Damien's supposed to be the the, the Antichrist. Like, how did does the, that work? Did the devil fuck another jackal first? <laughs> <laughs> Was the Omen a story about the child of his rebound romance? Is it a demonic tale about having protection? <laughs> no. How does the first Omen work? It's it, literally how does it work? Yeah, I. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to work now that I think about it, but... <laughs> it makes no sense conceptually. Hmm. Or conceptually. Boo. Boo. Boo yeah, this man. <laughs> I deserve that. That was not my best game. <laughs> Whatever. I guess I'll wait till I see the trailer and decide what what like, what like kind of enigma that it is, but... Mm. I got Dune Part 2 news. Oh, yeah. Oh, Christopher yay. Walken has been cast as the Emperor... Shaddam the Fourth. Is he really the emperor? 
Yes. That's amazing. You will not escape. I've never read Dune. I don't know any lines <laughs> of Dune. I, I got a fever. It's all the sand that's making me hot. And the only jaw is more spice. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> How is it this is the third week in a row that I've come back to this? I love Christopher Walken, so I'm not complaining. So Yeah. No, Christopher Walken's great. There oh, is a... making jokes about spice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Christopher Walken for my Spice Sony Pictures movie because they're going to run out of Spider-Man villains to talk about. Christopher so Walken gonna... is the ice cream man. They're, they're going to eventually run out of Spider-Man villains and they're going to come to me for my original idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. Christopher Walken. Hey, kid, you want an ice cream? It has spice. <laughs> it's got sugar, spice, and everything every, nice. Uh, guys. Everything nice. Everything nice costs extra, though. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, this goodness. is going on enough. We've got Godzilla vs. Kong sequel news, which is that Adam Wingard is returning to direct, having direct the first one, and Dan Stevens of Legion fame is going to be starring as the main human character. Oh boy, I don't care who's in it, Godzilla or Kong. <laughs> yeah, it's the thing of all. I mean, granted, I haven't seen the two most recent of that series, but it's like the humans usually suck. I don't We're care here for the, for the I monster don't, fight. I don't care about the humans. I they do were not yeah. Kong Skull Island. Yeah, because Kong Skull Island was a different type of movie. I just want to see those two beat each other up. I don't give a shit about the humans. <laughs> yeah, little girl was good. No, she well the little girl who didn't talk and like just. She talked with talk like, Kong sign, la- sign language, yeah. Yeah, that was cool because she didn't say anything because humans don't. The humans, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. No, she, she, all the humans could just shut up and let the monsters take the stage. I don't care. Fair. <laughs> I'm very aggressive. Just how about this? Let's make it so like everybody loses their voice except for the monsters. So they all have to sign language throughout the movie. So all we have to do is just like see people running away in silent while Godzilla and Kong so... fight each other. Mm. A Quiet Place for Godzilla vs. Kong to fight? That's A Quiet Place Part 4. Oh my. <laughs> it's, oh built, my. it's building to that. I can't believe this. John Krasinski's gonna be, uh, gonna be like the Force Ghost, and he's gonna be like... <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Let's move on. Cancellation news. I mean, I can news. see that happening. <laughs> Hulu has cancelled MODOK. Not surprised. Yeah. MODOK is really good, though. Is it? I haven't seen any of it. It's very good. I haven't seen it's, any of it. When half of half of the show, the plotline is semi charm life, is like a key pivotal song in, in Modoc's life. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> okay, I'm just holding out hope against hope that Hit Monkey continues. I really liked Hit Monkey. I haven't seen Hit Monkey. It's good. Is it? Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. It feels very kind of archery, but not. Quite. Okay. Modoc feels like if Robot Chicken made one sketch for forty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Like that's a pitch. Yeah. A lot of the interactions between Modoc and the other superheroes just feel like prolonged Robot Chicken sketches. It's amazing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this was inevitable because now that Feige's got control of everything, he's kind of pulling the plug on everything that came before him, mm-hmm. before Marvel Studios was calling the shots, which. Yeah, I don't necessarily blame for. Fun yeah. reminder, originally Modoc and Hitmonkey were supposed to cross over with planned series for Howard the Duck and Tigra and Dazzler, 
to form the Offenders. That was an actual plan they were going for. I would actually oh. love to see... Uh, just make a Howard the Duck show, please, but on Disney+. Plus. Like, please. Yeah, please. with Seth Green. Yes, and, and make it so... Because Howard the Duck can travel the multiverse, so he can he can partner up with America Chavez. Oh, boy. I don't know how <laughs> I feel about that one. I mean, it opened a lot of doors. Really. Yeah. It, it, it could happen. I would love to see it. Yeah. I love Howard the Duck, so... I don't, but I would still welcome it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, Howard the Duck got, like, got, gets a bad rap for the terrible movie, but like the, the comic character is very stupid and fun. It's very Mad Magazine. Mm. But yeah, that's, that's my pitch. Uh, make, make the America Chavez... Because I think America Chavez is, is supposedly getting a, sequ- a spinoff, so... Yeah, who oh, isn't? okay. Yeah, but pretty much every Fair. character is. So I mean, like yeah. if they're doing an America Chavez spinoff already, you've got another character that can travel the multiverse. There you go. True, very true. How did Howard? Get... You know what? I'm not going to start spiraling. No, let's let's not go down. <laughs> I'm not going to start spiraling. Hole. Sonic Three, <laughs> little tidbit. Crush Forty is very interested in being involved with the music. God, please, please, please give me Sonic Heroes at the end. The, the entire theater will be singing, I swear. Give me Live and Learn. There's not going to be a dry eye in the theater. Everyone's going to be crying and singing like Live and Learn Sonic Heroes. And then all of the people who aren't are just going to walk out because they're looking at all the nerds in the t- audience and like don't want to be a part of it. Oh yeah, it's going to be awful. I'm go- I-, I swear, if I hear Crush 40 in the, in the next Sonic movie, I'm going to like be- I'm gonna be like so excited. <sighs> that's a band that's been on my listen to list for a minute. I just haven't gotten around to it. They don't really play live shows. If they ever came anywhere in America, I would do it. I would shop everything to go see them. Same. Mm. Okay. It sounds like a very fun concert to go to because it's just a whole bunch of Sonic nerds. <laughs> 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 but they are actually a good rock band. Yeah. The last little thing that I've got, uh, I'm not sure if this even really qualifies because it's no longer back upable, but. There was, per Forbes, a Disney Plus UK blog teasing that She-Hulk was releasing on August 17th. The section of the blog that mentioned that has since been removed, though. So... That's very specific. (laughs) Not necessarily news, but we might have a She-Hulk release date. Okay. I just Uh wanted to be on it in case what happened with Miss Marvel happened, where we recorded it, it's like, sounds like it might be this day, and then the very next day, yeah, it's that day. It's like, well, great, glad we talked about it. <laughs> Good I mean, point. It's kind of, well, in in case we get it right this time, where Forbes got it right, you heard it here first, folks, or something. You did. Maybe you heard it here first. Maybe. Possibly you heard it here first. Unless you heard it somewhere else. In which case, great. Good for you. I'm glad. Good for you. Find out however you want. Hey, everyone. This is Editing Cody. Just want to let you know, obviously, we record these Monday night, and just our luck, turns out, yeah, immediate next day. Trailer dropped, August 17th, release date is confirmed. So I'm even better at this than I thought. If only I was better at editing videos quicker. Anyways, back to it. Thanks. Just know that we care. Yeah, that's why we try (laughs) to bring this stuff. Because we care. Mm, Because we care. Or something of the such. The more you know, like, the jingle starts playing, do-do-do-do, even though it's completely unfitting. (laughs) That's the more you know.
So I think we've I think we've talked a lot about the news news for this week. How about we move into some of the trailers, those juicy trailers we got this week? It's trailer time, <laughs> indeed. How about that Hooray. hustle trailer? Hustle is a movie. <laughs> I'm interested in it. I'm probably gonna watch it because it has Adam Sandler in a dramatic role, and he's a really good dramatic actor. So yeah, so I'm I'm always down to see um more serious stuff from him. I did like look into it a bit more before. We got together, and apparently it's being produced by, in part by LeBron James. Yep, he's a co-producer. Yeah, I, I didn't know LeBron James did movie things, honestly. Yeah, he actually won, I, I think it was him, that won the Oscar for Best Short Film for Deer Basketball huh. back, uh, I think, 2019. or Yeah, I think it was 2019. Yeah, so he okay. has an Academy Award. The main secret to being a producer is to have enough money that you can make whatever you want. it's like lebron james one of as far as i understand it because i don't watch basketball one of the most successful basketball players ever yeah he's one of the most he's literally (laughs) one of the most successful and prolific basketball players ever he's up there with michael jordan Mm. it's like him michael jordan and like carmelo anthony are always like the three that are talked as like the big three of basketball shaq Mm. shaq is up there too but i don't think like he even trumps those two i mean he is like nearly seven feet tall so but yeah (laughs) <laughs> so, for this trailer, it seems alright. I am really not a big fan of sports movies as a general rule. Mm-hmm. But I am. I do, I do like me a good dramatic Adam Sandler. I think he's come to the point in his career where he switched to doing entirely dramatic indie films. Because, like, you know, what, what big, a big movie has he done other than Hotel Transylvania? Like, that's the only thing he's really been a part of. I guess. Yeah. So there's that. There's also... Uh, I had a point, and now I do not remember what it was about. It was Adam Sandler. It was basketball. It was... <laughs> basketball is my favorite sport. No, stop that. <laughs> I don't know. It it looks interesting enough. It's just also really not necessarily my cup of tea. So I don't know if I'm going to watch it, but... It's Netflix, right? Oh, now I remember. Yeah, it's Netflix. Now I remember what it was. It's weirdly relatable. I guess you're never too young to feel like you're wasting your entire life. Damn. Cause the, what? The whole, the whole <laughs> shit of him clearly struggling with wanting to be a coach instead of just a scout and feeling like he spent all this time doing a thing. It's relatable, you know? And I think that's interesting. That's, that's fair. Hence, <laughs> you're never too young to feel like you're wasting your life. Yeah. Damn. Damn, that's deep. Thank you. Uh, Speaking about something that is kind of looks like it's going to be deep and esoteric, the Deer King. Yeah, yeah, we got a theatrical yeah. announcement trailer, which I'm always game for more non-American movies making their way over. Yeah, newcomer director, if I remember, I forgot, I forgot the director's name, Masashi Ando, I believe. That sounds right. But he does have some very good credentials. Yeah, he's like what? He's also he's like uh. Uh, he had some role in some Ghibli films, basically. I don't know what he did. He was animation director and character designer for Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away, and Your Name. Yeah, so he's got some okay. big credentials, and those are huge movies. Yeah. Also, it's this is being animated entirely by Production IG. Uh, they're a pretty big uh, studio. They have a pretty unique style, so... I don't know. It looks like a really cool-looking movie. I kind of like. I kind of like the style and the direction. I might go see it. I might not. Depends what's coming out that week. It should be noted, yeah, Masayuki Miyagi is also a director on this movie. 
Uh, among other things, they did storyboards for Zoids, Genesis, and Detective Conan, and Inuyasha. Oh. Huh. And they were assistant director on huh. Spirited Away, apparently. Okay, then. A lot of Spirited Away uh, team. That's... Yeah. What? Which is great, because that was, like, one of my favorite movies forever. And then it got replaced by Totoro, because Totoro's better. <laughs> I'm not going to argue that. I like Totoro a lot more. Totoro is one of the most wholesome uh, movies ever made. I, I, I cry every time. I'm sorry. Full disclosure, I acknowledge that Spirited Away is an animation masterpiece, but I don't think I've ever actually sat through that movie in one sitting all the way through. I think I zone out every time. I watch it every year. Hmm. But I that's just because I grew up with... Ghibli's great. You have to be in the mood for them, and all of their themes are the exact same. It's nature over it's nature over nurture, and and technology. Technology is bad. <laughs> Honestly, oh, and flight is cool. Yeah, no, that does kind of track. I was getting ready to mention the wind rises, and then it's like, no, that <laughs> it actually tracks with the wind yeah. rises. <laughs> also, flight is cool, and Miyazaki really likes flight, so. Yeah, but but the whole technology is bad thing. It's like, oh nope, yeah, never mind. The can't whole make that point. about zero, my man. <laughs> uh, I do actually really like that. Movie, I like though. the dub a lot because they they got the guy who play who voices Rex to uh, play the really uh, mean boss, and it's, it's hilarious. I don't, I don't <laughs> like Captain no, Rex. Who's that one voice actor who does like Rex from Toy Story well, and the John. boss? Hmm. Wallace Shawn. Oh, okay. Like he's he plays like the boss in that movie. So it's just... he's Fazzini from uh, Princess Bride, the guy really? who says "inconceivable." Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so speaking okay. of inconceivable nightmares, Resident <laughs> Evil. Resident Evil. There's actually two teasers for these, and they're all right, I guess. It it looks like uh it looks like World War Z with a Resident Evil DLC. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I just realized? We never actually said anything about the Deer King trailer. It looks fine. <laughs> it looks like it looks interesting. I did kind of think it's like this might be a movie that might make me cry. Who knows? It looks like it's trying to yeah, do that. <laughs> it actually looks a little more straightforward than most animated Japanese movies that I've seen. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't but know. I don't know. That could just be could just be deceptive marketing. Maybe it's just as esoteric and strange as as every other animated Japanese movie I've seen. Anyways, eh, back to we'll Resident see. Evil. Back to Resident Evil, which I, I don't know, I didn't... I summed it up already. I, I my, my feelings about this have already been summed up, but the internet is absolutely taking a shit on this trailer. These trailers. You have to keep in mind that the fan base for Resident Evil is very, very, very rabid. They are <laughs> very territorial about their franchise. Like... Resident Evil, the the thing that somebody in the comments of of those trailers, I was I was just reading them and they're giving me a good perspective because I'm like you, Greg. I really don't have an opinion. I don't. Resident yeah. Evil is a great series. I like it a lot. I'd never have really invested myself in it. It's very iconic. It's very influential. It pretty much created the survival horror genre. Like it it it's it's a pivotal moment gaming gaming like staple, and it built Capcom. Uh, or no, it didn't build them, but you know, because Mega Man really kind of built them. But like, it it it, it yeah. kind of ushered in the 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 modern era of Capcom. I would say it solidified Capcom's place in the general in game the in the world. in the Western market as well. Let's say that. And it's kind of weird mm-hmm. to me how, for all everybody talks about video game movies and difficulties and maintaining franchises and what have you, Resident Evil ha- has never really been good, but it is consistent. It's just 
out there. Yeah. It's present. They keep making movies and stuff based on these things. So the reason why people are upset with this is the tone. Because, like, Resident Evil is a very much a horror thriller movie where it's about, like, a small group, if not, like, one or two people going off doing these, you know, like, missions. Like, th- it's not, like, a whole bunch of people with all these crazy guns, miniguns, fighting hordes and hordes and hordes of zombies and with all these crazy... Like, they're making it out to be this, like, over-the-top action movie when it's really not. Right. Like, Resident Evil should be more, like, subtle. It should be more, like, you know, the whole... It should be more like a like a Lovecraftian kind of horror beyond kind of thing, you know, because a lot of the the themes in these movies uh, in the games at least are like the, you know, the the nerve the 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 thriller the suspense you don't know what's going to happen behind that door it opens slowly and look there's a there's 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 a zombie or a zombie apocalypse by way of Metal Gear, correct yeah rather than ju- <laughs> which, by the way I'm I can't wait till we start getting more like more details about that oh they are making a movie out of that aren't they. Yeah, Oscar Isaac is starring a snake. Right. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. All right, I need to hear more about that. Yeah, please. that's gonna be a very interesting. <laughs> that's what I'm saying because, like, something like that, like th- these th- these two games have a similar tone, Resident Evil and uh, and Metal Gear, where Metal Gear is more of like the action stealth game, while 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 like uh, they both have that suspense and thriller, like the suspenseful thriller kind of like um feel to them. So. There's just different genres completely, so it's gonna be interesting to see how they adapt that because they're adapting this like terribly. They're little. It is World War Z with a <laughs> with a Resident Evil DLC. That's how I would describe it. Also, I remember people in like comments were like, "Ah, yes, iconic characters such as Teddy Bear." Like, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's nothing iconic except for they showed. I think they showed a dog like jumping jumping through a window because obviously they want to bring back to the first one. The dad is apparently Wesker. Really? Yeah. I I hate this I hate this movie. <laughs> if he doesn't go like the, the, like as much as I hate the Mila Djokovic movies, like Mila Wester Djokovic? was the sorry Mila Jovovich, whatever her name is, I can't pronounce it. Mila Jovovich. Thank you. I'm also tired. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mila Jovovich. <laughs> what was I getting at? Oh yeah, the Wesker and those movies is like spot on perfect and there's like a couple of fight scenes that are taken directly from the game that are really well done so like they can get the campiness in those movies but but also kind of like they should make a resident evil movie with an evil dead vibe to it where it's over the top and crazy but it's still a horror game that has the horror elements of a resident evil game like some mystery some suspense you know this is like world war z like it's too much and i hate world war z the movie I like the yes. book. Hate the movie. So we're gonna get that, but with Resident Evil skin. Yeah. You know what looks like a better horror project, even though I think it's more of a thriller? What? Resurrection. I didn't actually watch this yeah. trailer now that I think about it. Wow. That was the good one. Was it? I thought so. It's Rebecca Hall. Explain it to me. It's Rebecca Hall was a mom trying to keep her daughter safe, and Kim Roth is playing some guy from her past who apparently she has some kind of business with, and she might be losing her mind, or the guy might be a real problem. Who knows? Oh, boy. Hmm. I like Rebecca Hall in the Nighthouse. So, more hmm. subdued horror movie. Yeah, like I said, I think it's built yeah. more as a psychological thriller, but honestly, it made me more uneasy than the Netflix Resident Evil trailers, so there's that. Good point. Well, I, I don't think that's a particularly high no, bar. No, <laughs> it's still a bar. 
It, it, uh, it is a bar that needs to be crossed. And it's coming to Shutter. Fair. Oh, wow. So, oh. A reason to use my Shutter account. And theaters as Neat. well, but also Shutter. Which I also need to use my Shutter because I like having it. Wait, is it is it getting a dual release on both like theaters and Shutter at the same time? I don't know if it's same time, but it is coming to both. Okay. I mean, I did watch it, and it's like I could ke- kind of see the psychological horror like elements. It's one of those things where I think it looks cool, but I still don't kind of have an opinion towards it because I just don't generally don't do horror. I am a total bitch when it comes to horror. So we need to bring back <laughs> horror nights. It, I mean, if you guys want to hear me like, like shriek like a dying dog. Sure. I love horror movies. I love, I, I, I Greg, love horror movies. They're great. Nothing brings me more joy than remembering the three faces of fear, as I like to call it. <laughs> that was so great. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just going to go off on a little tangent here. There was a bit where we were watching The Conjuring at a friend's house, uh, me, Greg, and Jeff, who you'll remember from the Sonic 2 episode, and... Mm. There was one bit, it was with the laundry line, the clothesline thing, and our reactions were, Greg was screaming low, like, ah! Jeff was screaming high, like, ah! And I was <laughs> shouting, oh, shit! And I like to call that the three faces of fear, because it it just basically covered the whole spectrum. Yeah. That was, that was something. <laughs> ah, I love it so much. Anyways. <laughs> Resurrection, I'm looking forward to it. We also have First Pray. Kill. Oh. I could not finish this trailer. <laughs> this is the most... This is a very dumb teen movie, it looks like. Or teen I, series. No. Yeah. See, I hate Romeo and there's Juliet. There's Unsubtle, and then there's one of your main characters in your Forbidden Teen Romance series is literally named Juliet, but with some extra letters at the end of it. Unsubtle. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I couldn't finish it. It got to the point where the, both of the parents were like, I forbid you from seeing the person. It's like, all right, click. <laughs> yeah, I don't it's, blame it, you, because it's like, what's going to happen when they're both older? Yeah, or <laughs> I think Romeo and Juliet, because I remember reading the story, and I think we both read the story and watched one of the movies in high school. And it was the first time my suspension of disbelief had ever like seriously been broken, because it, it occurred to me how stupid it was. <laughs> Are you talking? Wait, which which? What are you talking about? The Leo one? Oh, I don't remember. It was so long ago. It's really hard to take this from a sympathetic angle when one side are actual vampires. Obviously, yeah. you know, there's room for nuance and there's room to be. Maybe they didn't ask for this. Maybe they're cursed to be like this. But just based on the general perception of vampires in the pop culture, one of these families is an actual set of human praying bloodsuckers. Yeah, it's like with at least with the original works, like you just said, you can make the case of like, okay, they're just two teenagers who love each other, not actually killing everyone. There's one set that like kills people as as a job, <laughs> and then There's... the other set also kills people as a job. But like, <laughs> like also, I think that it's not. I think it's really annoying that they like went through instead of trying to make it like something unique. It's very very predictable because yeah. like. The vampires are social vampires, too. Like, they're these rich white family that, like, live in a mansion, and, like, you have to go by society and dignity and, and you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's, like, it's, like, very much the, the, the route that they would go with this. About as subtle as naming one of your characters Juliet. Juliet. Correct. <laughs> Do you think they named her Juliet with two Ts because one of them's a cross? Shut up. <laughs> oh, they... You I might have just saved that. this series for me. 
<laughs> well done. I actually, I could... there's a better chance of me watching at least some of this than there is of me watching Resident Evil. Hmm. I'll say that. I need a lot of alcohol to watch this. Fair. I feel the complete opposite. Also Regardless. <laughs> Pray? Pray. We got a teaser trailer. It looks wacky. Oh, that that trailer got in like just completely like um candid haw out of me when like the three like lights showed up. It's like, alright, this is metal. <laughs> I'm I've never watched Predator or really gotten too big into Predator, other than the one time we watched it at movie night. Same. But it's I am not, very It's not interested. metal though, it's flint. <laughs> <laughs> I am personally very interested in it. It, it actually, like, I, it seems like the most unfair fight of unfair fights. Oh, yeah. So, like, like, how many, like, which tribe is the Predator going to completely annihilate? Yeah, so it's like, it, it's like Naruto getting in a fight. It's like, do we have one person who's just completely overpowered against a bunch of people who don't stand a fucking chance? <laughs> yeah. I, uh... I look forward to seeing it, because I'm very curious how the hell they're going to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Predator is kind of pathetic, as a general rule. Yeah, yeah autistic children are <laughs> <they're> <laughs> part of their evolution chain. My god. Jesus. No, more specifically, I meant the whole, they show up at, they're, they're, they're they just show up, on a planet that's not theirs to hunt a much less primitively advanced species, and they don't even really give them a chance to fight back. It's just, ah, yes, use your useless boomstick. I am mm. much better than you. The predators kind of suck, is all I'm saying. Eh, fair. So I think that wraps up trailer time. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, that that was trailer time. So now we're moving on to the game corner? Yeah. Okay, get get ready. We've got a lot of news this week for once. So we're gonna just gonna start off with uh, <laughs> going over a recap of the stuff that happened at the Nintendo Nindy Direct. It's their big, you know, they do directs a lot. They do a lot of directs all throughout the year. Obviously, mm -hmm. this is their this is their indie one where they announced all the indie games coming to Switch. Okay. Some of these were like new releases that are going to be coming on, like you know, they're they're like uh, world world premieres, if you would. Some a lot of them are just they're announcing ports for the Switch. Like Ooblitz is coming to the Switch. Elekhead, which is a game that's on PC, is coming to Switch. It's like a, a 2D puzzle platformer. Tabs is coming to Switch finally, so totally accurate battle simulator. Uh then there are some, some interesting games that were announced, which another one of them is called Gunbrella. And it's a uh game from the creators of Gato Roboto, where it is a guy with an umbrella that's also a gun. <laughs> so Black it, Lagoon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> under my gun, Barella, Barella, Barella. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> it's a uh, it, it's a two D it's a two D uh, side scrolling action game. It looks pretty fun. Uh, mm. I'm actually really kind of looking forward to it. it. Looks from the trailer, it looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun. There's a game called Silt, uh, which is a puzzle a puzzle adventure game that looks pretty interesting. An uh, episodic narrative based game called Weird OFK about a band that travels. Okay. Hmm. Uh, many motor motorways is getting a switch port. It's actually out now. Uh, some of the other big things that they announced are like uh, another Devolver Digital game called Card Shark, 
games here and there. Like, I would just take a, if, if you actually have a Switch and want to get some indie games, just watch it. It's like a 30-minute reveal. It's like just basically game after game after game of all these indie games that are coming out. So, the big ones, the big one, though, I think, in my opinion, is the Gunbrella. I'm going to actually be looking forward to playing that. It looks pretty fun. Another one is uh, Wild Frost, which is another one of those rogue, uh, roguelike, you know, deck builder games that have been coming big. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, pretty interesting. You know, just wanted to bring it up in passing, because, you know, Nintendo. <laughs> I'm moving on to PlayStation now, which actually has a couple of stories. Oh, boy. We finally got the launch titles for the PlayStation Plus Premium games. Before Tell me the PlayStation, when. I, I don't know. I think it's coming out within a couple of weeks, uh, if, I'm, if I remember. It's, like, starting. Oh, is it? Ooh. Yeah, it's 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 going to start in June, I want to say. Oh, I thought it came much later. Okay. No, and uh, the games that are coming out on launch have been announced for the backwards compatible stuff. Hit me with it. Okay, for PSP, we only have one at launch, and it's uh, Super Stardust Portable. Great game, by the way. PS1, we have Ape Escape, Hot Shots Ooh. Golf, IQ, Intelligent Cube, uh, Jumping Flash, absolute classic, Mr. Driller, Siphon Filter 1, Tekken 2, and then both Worms Armageddon and, Wor- and World Party. Okay. So some okay. interesting picks there. Yeah. PS2 games that are going to be coming at launch include Ape Escape 2. Uh, and these, are, by the way, these are all the remasters. All the ones on PS2 for the most part are remasters. Okay. Ape Escape 2. Ark the Lad Twilight of the Spirits, which is a pretty... It's big in Japan, but it's kind of an obscure here uh, JRPG series. Dark Cloud 1 and 2. Fantavision, which I've never actually heard of. Hmm. Hot Shots Tennis, the entire Jack and Daxter games trilogy, so Jack and Daxter <laughs> 2, 3, and X, Rogue Galaxy, Give it to me. S- Siren, and a weird one, just out of nowhere, Wild Arms 3. <laughs> Give me. Wait, isn't that, like, a really expensive game? <laughs> Wild, no, I own Wild Arms 3, it goes for about 40 bucks, I want to say. Wild Arms... <laughs> Four or five are like a hundred and thirty dollars. Okay. <laughs> My God. Yeah, they are like for. It's weird that they don't have one and two in here, but threes on here. It's it's weird. Okay. PlayStation three games and the uh, four and five I won't go over because you know it's those aren't really retro. <laughs> um, no. Uh, PS three games. We got Asura's Wrath, Castlevania's Lord of Shadows two, Crash Commando, Demon Souls, Devil May Cry HD Collection, Echo Chrome, Enslaved Odyssey to the West, which is an underrated game. Fear, Hot Shots Golf, Out of Bounds, and World Invitational, Ico, Infamous 1, 2, and Festival of Blood, so all the infamous games other than the new one, uh, or the PS4 one, Loco Roco Coco Roco, which is absolutely, I love Loco Roco, it's one of my favorite game series, I'm, it's actually really cool to see it's coming, coming uh, it's getting added on there. We have Lost Planet 2, Motorstorm Apocalypse, Motorstorm Ooh. RC, Ooh. Ninja Gaiden Sigma 2, Puppeteer, Rain, Ratchet and Clank, A Kraken Time, and a Nexus, and Quest for Booty, so all the PS3 Ratchet and Clank games, Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare, Resistance 3, Super Stardust H3, uh, HD, Tokyo Jungle, and One Vikings Attack, so that's actually a pretty varied list. Wow, they really stacked up the PS3 section, huh? Yeah, yeah, ironically, we might have more coming to the service as well, because I'm just going to use this as a good segue to the next story. U- Ubisoft Plus is actually also coming to PlayStation, and the way that they're doing it is, uh, you know, on May 24th, they're going to add a subscription plan to PlayStation Plus called Ubisoft Plus Classics, and they're going to add both popular games and new games to the service, uh, you know, as they launch. 
So, like, uh, mm. a lot of the newer games that they have on there are, like, Valhalla. Some of the bigger games from the last couple of years. Give me original Rayman. What, they don't have Rayman on here, ironically. Damn it. Which is kind of sad. Uh, but they do have, like, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, Far Cry 3, Child of Light. You know, these aren't, like, super, super old, by the way. Zombie, Watch Dogs, you know, uh, Trackmania, The Crew. Oh, they're putting the crew on. They're putting Starlink on there as well, which is a weird oh, one. Okay. Both, oh. Star- both, both Star South Park games are on there. Huh. But all these are getting added on to the uh, PlayStation Plus premium subscription. It's kind of interesting what they're doing. So they're partnering with PlayStation, it seems, like for the like you know, the time being. I know that they they were partnering with Xbox for the time being. I don't know if they're still going to keep on partnering or they're gonna, just going to be supporting both. Who knows? But yeah, they're they're definitely coming to PlayStation. So PlayStation's kind of starting to build a library. I don't think they're going to compete directly with Xbox Game Pass. They have their own niche in the market. But yeah, I think Game Pass wins over it still with the amount of content it has. Yeah, it kind of well with the whole Ubisoft thing. It kind of sounds like how I. It sounds like they're doing the same thing what Microsoft has with EA. How Correct. you get um. EA, I forget exactly what it's called, but basically EA is like premium service. You get it for free if you have, I think if you have Game Pass, but not necessarily gold, you get it for free. I mean, it's definitely interesting. It's, I, I agree with you on the whole thing of the PlayStation, like premium thing versus Game Pass, because even with all that, it doesn't help that I don't care a lot about a lot of PlayStation stuff right now. Me too, same. But I'm still very curious to see how, what it turns into, because it is the whole thing of, competition is always a good thing for this kind of stuff. You know the really funny thing? I keep thinking, oh boy, I could play Jack and Daxter on my... I forget, This is this just PS5 or is this also a PS4 option? I want to see it's both. Okay, I keep thinking, oh boy, I could play Jack and Daxter on my PS4, and then I think, wait a minute, I still have my PS2 and all of my games. I don't need I mean, it! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. kind of my thing this too. Is it's not like... for me. This is not for me because I'm a collector, so I already have all of these, like a lot of the titles that they they announced for the PlayStation. But it's cool. I honestly think that they, they they should have been doing this for years because there's not really a legit yeah. way to buy them unless you go to a secondhand shop. Greg, you can know you know from experience it can get expensive when it you know you you start going to an aftermarket store. Oh yeah, because the game market's just. A mess right now, now make a deal yeah. with Atlas and get Persona 2 Innocent Sin. <laughs> it's never coming, buddy. Shut up! I mean, <laughs> if there is anything that would make me care a lot more if they were going to add classic games, if Sony like just, just decides to renew all the licenses for all the cars in either Gran Turismo 1 or 2 and added that, <laughs> that on, I would actually... actually cool. I, would, I would be care and i would be like all right sony you're not cowards because that's a lot of money <laughs> and uh greg you kind of mentioned you mentioned ea briefly uh that was actually a good segue i've got a lot of ea news right now mm-hmm. let's start with the the expected and go to some of the weird ones dead space has got a release date set for january 27th of 2023 this is the complete re- remake of dead space Oh, okay. It's been confirmed. It has a launch date now, so as long as there's no delays, it's supposed to be expected to be probably one of the first big game releases of next year. So, uh, quarter one, I already have a pretty big title on there already, and uh, we're getting into game announcement season, so we got probably a lot more coming out. So, Woo! Yeah, so that's obviously a big deal. We also have, EA has four titles on the docket for early 2023 release. 
They are March. Basically, this came from their earnings report that they just did because they did their quarterly, you know, their their yearly like um, investor call. Yeah, essentially, and you know they put on all the games that they're going to be putting out for the quarter on there. The one that is, well, it was already known as PGA Tour is getting another game. However, we have four games that do not have a title associated with them. They just have a general descriptor. Like one of them is major IP, partner title, remake. And sports title. Now, with the untitled Marvel Studios Halloween <laughs> special. <laughs> I say, well, that's descriptive. <laughs> well, the remake is probably Dead Space because you mm. know that was you know it makes sense that they wouldn't you know it's it's a partner meaning these are supposed to come out between January first and March thirty first. By the way, okay. Partner title okay. can be anything. Major IP can be anything. Sports title, and that's actually going to segue to my next topic. I think I know what that is too. It's interesting that they have these out. That this got leaked, so we kind of know that there's four games coming quarter one for EA. So as we get into game, you know, um, game new season, it's going to be very interesting to see what they're going to announce because at least they yeah. got some stuff coming for early next year. So going into what I think that sports title might be, this is actually fucking huge news. EA has officially dropped the FIFA license completely. Oh, uh... which. Yeah is huge they had a fifa license forever they are now ea sports fc so that's the new hmm. it's basically football club yeah, yeah yeah and they um they're keeping pretty much every single one of the football teams that they had because they have like nineteen thousand players 700 teams 100 stadiums and 30 leagues that they, they got from this murder they just don't have the fifa license so I'm not gonna lie. I thought you said from this murder. And I'm <laughs> yeah, just I, wondering who I they heard the kill. same thing, and I had to stop myself from making a joke. <laughs> well, I'm not you. I can't stop myself, and don't want. For all those who don't who don't know the backstory, FIFA and EA have had a huge falling out for years, very publicly. It's been very like an E, and they, obviously that's one of their biggest cash cows. So if you can't appease FIFA, you know, like it, they just had to keep on going. You know. Basically, they're charging a lot of money for the license, and EA didn't want to pay for it. So this is just a huge, like a uh, huge development, honestly, because they're gonna. And FIFA is now a freelance. They're now gonna be freelancing out the the FIFA title to other developers that isn't EA. So FIFA is still gonna make games. They still have announced a game already. Well, from what I understand of the whole thing, and I don't know if this is necessarily true, but I've heard this a couple times already. The problem was that EA had to pay FIFA for the license. But they still also had to pay to have the teams and the players Correct. and all that in the game. So it was like, Yikes. yeah, so it was a thing of under. it makes business sense to drop that deal. Because like, no, this is actually a raw deal. We're basically playing, paying twice over for the same amount of work. Right. For, you know, and then and now they're just working directly with the football clubs to license them directly. Yeah, which is good, good, because fuck FIFA. <laughs> But also, fuck EA. Yeah, yeah, fuck EA. I'm not a big fan of, uh... I'm not a big fan of EA, but there's a lot of EA-based, like, news coming in. So it's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Also, no, that's this fair. is something that, Greg, you might find interesting. Mm-hmm. For, uh, uh, racing game news, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. EA has merged Code Codemasters Cheshire, in, uh, Cheshire into Criterion to work for the new Need for Speed game. So I was actually gonna mention that after you finished your segment because I wasn't sure if you're gonna catch that. I did. Yeah, no, I saw that earlier today on um on GT Planet, and for people who haven't heard of um Codemasters Cheshire, they work on I believe they work on Onrush, 
and they did Dirt Five, which came out right. a couple years ago. Um, they were before that they were Evolution Studios, who worked on amongst many things the MotorStorm series, and really? they made Drive Club. Yeah, and they known. made Drive Club for PS4, which uh, Drive Club I remember being like getting a lot of critical acclaim and was very upset that that was a PS4. Exclusive. I really, I really liked MotorStorm <laughs> growing up. That was a fun game. Yeah. Yeah, or at least they made the MotorStorm PS3 games. They also made some like World Rally Championship games, but that's a very niche, like that's a niche for amongst racing fans to begin with. Yeah, it's interesting to me just because, well, it's cool that as I understand it, this has doubled Criterion staff basically. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so that's neat. Uh, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm curious about that. That's definitely a good thing. It definitely shows that EA is trying to get the most out of this merger with Codemasters. I just need more news about the next Need for Speed game. Like, they've been very quiet about it. Actually, um, a couple weeks ago, part of the game was leaked. Like, the, the map for the game was leaked, like, the upper world. It's not going to be too long until the... Because, like, like, they have four more games to announce this quarter. I guarantee you yeah. one of those that major IP... Might be uh, Need for Speed, another Need for Speed game. Well, this Need for Speed that they did the merger for is supposed to come out at the end of this year. Okay. But honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if it's delayed to first quarter of 2023. But we'll see. It's cool. It's it's cool that this is happening. I just hope it, I guess, just turns into something tangible. And I'm very curious to see how that affects Criterion's ability to make games later down the line. Moving away from the... uh. The studio that we all hate named EA. <laughs> okay. No arguments here. <laughs> There's been a lot of leaks from the new Silent Hill game. Oh. Oh, wait, there's another one? Yeah, they're making an... Okay, so there's a actual Silent Hill game coming out. It's It's been leaked. Some screenshots have come out. Hmm. We really don't know much more other than... It, there, there is a very good leaker who is basically responsible for leaking the entirety of Resident Evil Village, who has insider information that this is, you know, hey, this, these are old screenshots from twenty a 2020 build of, of Silent Hill. There's no details on what it's going to be other than that it's Silent Hill. We don't know what studio's involved, but it's rumored to be the studio that worked on the medium, which was basically just another Resident Evil game. So, like, I think maybe mm-hmm. that was maybe used to, to uh, or not Resident Evil, Silent Hill game, but that was probably... <laughs> basically, like, that game was, like, a, te- a test on the market, I feel, to see how everybody feels about Silent Hill coming back. Because okay. Akira Yamaoka, okay. the composer who did all the music, he he did all the music for Medium as well, and he actually teased that his next game project would be the one that you've been hoping to hear about, which means Silent Hill. I mean, Yamaoka is the guy who's composed every single one of them. So, oh okay. I'm interested to see what what is uh what is what is going to happen with that. If it's if Blooper Team, the team that did the Medium, is involved, it's probably going to be very good because they obviously really like the source material. If they were to make basically. Silent Hill, it was basically a Silent Hill. The medium was. It's like a new, new take on that kind of a of a, of a horror game. So I wonder what they're gonna do. We just gotta wait to see what Konami announces. The rumor is that it's supposed to be a um, it's supposed to be a remake of Silent Hill Two, which huh, Silent huh. Hill Two being one of the most prolific horror games of all time, and the best and... one of the trilogy in my in the, the games in my opinion. That's that's pretty much all we got is speculation right now, but I think it's worth talking about because you know Silent Hill's a big IP. Oh yeah, and Rip Silent Hills. Rip Silent Hills. Always and forever. Yeah, yeah. rest <laughs> in pizza forever. 
last bit, last now I want pizza. Last bit of actual news before we get into the roundup and stuff like that. We have Starfield and Red Redfall. Uh, Starfield being the new Bethesda games. It's their new big IP. Bethesda's big new IP, and then Redfall is the vampire slaying co-op shooter that is coming out by Arcane. But both have been delayed. They were supposed to come out at the end of this year. They are now slated for the first half of 2023. No surprise there with COVID and, you know, all the job shortages and everything. It was to be expected there would be a little bit of a delay. Um, Mm -hmm. That being said, Bethesda did say that we are going to get a deep dive into gameplay for both of these games very soon. And given the fact that they reportedly have a um, E3-style conference coming next month, uh, I guarantee you those two are, are two of the games we're going to end up seeing something from on the show. So we may not have a game to play at the end of the year, but we'll definitely have footage by the end of this next month to, to uh, kind of sink our teeth into. Nice. So that rounds out my actual news. Now we're going to go into the releases and then wrap it out with the, you know, the gaming history and then we're done. Releases. We got three releases. Very easy. Uh, a game called Umarangi Generations for the Xbox Series XS One and Switch PC, basically everything. It's a weird, basically, it's a first-person like f- disaster photography simulator. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. What? You go, this, you go around <laughs> taking pictures of the city that's falling apart that you're that you live in. Alright. <laughs> it sounds very interesting, quite honestly. Y- yeah. <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song, which is a narrative, another narrative-based game in the Vampire the Masquerade franchise. You know, uh, Vampire is a big is a big series because of uh, Bloodlines, which got delayed again. So I think this is more or less something to sink your teeth into while you wait for the big game to come out. I don't know. It's probably ha 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 vampires. Ha, ha, ha. It's a vampire joke. We have a lot of vampires <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> oh, real. I don't know. It looks interesting. I mean, who knows? Maybe it's a great game. I'm not too interested, but to each their own. And the last game is a game called Dolmen for every console, basically. And it's a cosmic horror. Do you deliver canned fruit? <laughs> anyway, it is a. <laughs> it is a cosmic horror based. I, I think it's an FPS. It Basically, it's a Lovecraftian based like cosmic horror action RPG. That's what it is. Interesting. I'm very, very much into anything cosmic horror. That's like kind of my thing. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I might pick it up on sale. You know, it was probably going to be a sale game for me. It's by mm-hmm. Massive Work Studio, who I actually have never heard their name. So maybe they're newcomers. So yeah, yeah. I don't play a lot of horror myself, but I would gladly watch somebody else play a cosmic horror. Yeah. Lastly, we've got this week in gaming history to round out everything. Uh, with, starting with our actual birthdays of real life people, we only have one. Uh, Katsuya uh, I- Iguchi? I don't know how to pronounce that. He's the level designer for uh, Zelda 2, the, the Adventures of Link, Super Mario Bros. 3, and Super Mario World. Then he became the director of those of Super Mario World after the, the, you know developing some of the games. He directed Star Fox for the Super Nintendo. Wave Race 64 for the 64, Animal Crossing for the GameCube. He was, you know, pretty big. Kind of had a pretty interesting, you know, role. And he, he's he's well known for being the producer, and his team is well is well known associated with Animal Crossing. So it's the guy who's really the head of the Animal Crossing team. Hmm. All right. Happy okay. birthday to you, man. You're, what, 57 now? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Event-wise, we got 37 years ago this week, Nintendo filed their countersuit against Universal Studios for the infamous Donkey Kong lawsuit. Which, if you guys don't know, there was a huge lawsuit back in the 80s about, you know, is Donkey Kong a derivative, a derivative of King Kong uh, because of how similar their names were when, obviously, there's... What? That, that was a huge court case. Actually, believe it or not, that case is one of the main cases for establishing copyright. Uh, 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 copyright. Um, it, it, it still has it still has a, a hold in copyright law today. It's actually a major case because it established. And huh. fun fact: hmm. the lawyer who won the case for the yep. for Nintendo named Kirby, and they named Kirby after him. <laughs> <laughs> I believe nope. he was also given exclusive rights to name his sailboat the Donkey Kong, as well as any other sailboats that he might purchase after the fact. That's amazing. Actually, I think they gifted him a sailboat called Kirby's Dreamland. <laughs> oh, that's the one. That's the one. And then they also said, if you get any other boats after this, you can also name them that. Yeah. So like, mm. just like, cool guy. But uh, you know, it was a. It has huge legal precedents. Basically, the court ruled that Nintendo's. Uh, Favor and Universal had to pay one point eight billion a million dollars in damages, which back in the day that's pretty pretty big for a game company. And I think it was super funny because Universal had pulled sim had pulled a similar shenanigan regarding specifically King Kong, and I don't remember what it was, but it made it that's... really funny when Nintendo turned the well, reverse the, Uno. Yeah, on basically them. they okay. So basically, the original case was that there was uh it was about trademark infringement for King Kong. Uh, Universal originally sued Nintendo. Uh, Nintendo went ahead and just went ahead and countersued them, and basically they went to court over it. And basically, it was because during the time frame that those two games came out, like RKO Pictures had done the the 1970s King Kong movie, and they feared that there was too much of a like a likeness to the character uh, from the RKO movie. I, I don't I don't believe it, but like Universal was litigious i guess in the 80s who knows and you're right actually it wasn't the kirby's dream house it was donkey kong so mm. uh but he is the actual name of kirby it came from john kirby so that's pretty interesting so yeah that's a pretty big case very very briefly running over some of the big big releases from this this week we have clay fighters sculptors cut for those who don't know of that clay fighters is a pretty okay fighting game the Sculptor's Cut was a blockbuster exclusive that is currently one of the most expensive Nintendo 64 games you can get. <laughs> one time, back when I worked at the game store, I actually took in a copy of Sculptor's Cut. Oh my god. Not realizing it was Sculptor's Cut, and I guess the other person didn't know either. Oh, how did that go? <laughs> oh god. Patrick was very happy the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, it's a huge it's a huge deal now because they made so little of them and they were literal blockbuster exclusives. So like, yeah. they were just a rental thing. So when Blockbuster went out of business, they just kind of sat there. <laughs> so that's amazing. Yeah, it's a very rare release. It's one of the rarest games on the sixty four. <laughs> mm. New Super Mario Brothers for the DS came out sixteen years ago. That's a very good Mario game, quite honestly. One of the better ones, in my opinion, of the two D like size, like the new new two two D two D ones. So, hmm. LA Noir came out eleven years ago. So did Witcher Two. So those are two huh. huge games. LA Noir is one of my favorite games of all time, honestly. Um, oh, same. I like LA Noir. Like introduced me to the noir genre. As sad as that probably is to say, but I'm really sad that it's... they canceled the, the planned sequel. Yeah, the planned sequel is supposed to be called Horror of the Orient, 
and it was supposed to take place in post-World War II Japan, and it was a police force oh taking... Oh my. Like, yeah, the concept alone makes me really wish they would have made it, because there's not a lot of stuff that really explores that. So it would have been a police yeah. force, like a military police force enforcing stuff over in post-World War II Japan, and I really am down for that. So Yeah, I remember hearing bits and pieces about that. I don't know what stock, like, canceled it, but it was like... Ugh. I don't know, but, like, I'm very pissed. Obviously, they couldn't use coal anymore, but it, like... You know, it could just yeah. be a completely, like, separate, you know, squad or something like that. It would have been really interesting to see how they did it. Other games, we have Star Wars Episode One Pod Racer that came out, you know, 23 years ago. Punch-Out for the Wii. Alan Wake. Red Dead Redemption came out 12 years ago. These are all huge titles. Huh. Now this is pod racing. <laughs> Super Monaco GP came out in arcades in 1986, which is a big racing game. Very big development in arcade racing i think that was that was that was was that the one of the first ones to have the sit down yeah that had it wasn't one of the, it, it had the sit down like um arcade cabinet um i think it was one of the first ones to use that i'm not sure and it also had a had film of uh, marlboro Mar- 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 cigarettes had a um actual there is a parody of them in there they had some parodies of different like company names but one of them is marlboro cigarettes which is pretty funny <laughs> interesting game very very early racing game uh, I'm kind of talking out of my ass a little there, so sorry, Super Monaco GP. <laughs> Alien vs. Predator, the arcade game, game, came out 28 years ago. Very relevant. We have Evil Dead, A Fistful of Boomstick, came out for PS2 20, uh, 19 years ago. God, I love that title. It's a f- freaking <laughs> excellent title. And then uh, the last major game to come out, nine years ago, we got Resident Evil Revelations for everything. Hmm. God, there's always something Resident Evil, isn't there? Yeah, it feels like it. It's a series that just won't die and stay dead. Not that I'd want it to, but it was an easy joke, so I took it. Just want to take the uh, the moment while we're still talking about games for a minute to say that Summer Games Fest is around the corner next month. Uh, you know, Jeff Keighley usually hosts that, so we're bound to have some more major releases uh, starting next month. So expect another yeah. huge, very, very long episode here in about a month or so. Uh, where we go through all the <laughs> releases. But yeah, that's pretty much all I have for the gaming sphere. Lot this week. Alright. Yeah. So, guess what I forgot to do? What? Until momentarily when I looked everything up. I forgot to cover this weekend's box office. Oh, do that now. Screw it. Yeah. <laughs> so, first place, I don't think it should surprise anybody, Multiverse of Madness is still hanging on there at mm-hmm. $61.7 million domestically. That is a 67% second weekend drop, which a lot of people like to point to and say, oh, look at how bad it's doing second weekend, it's got no legs. That's exactly the same drop No Way Home had, more or less. Yeah. <laughs> like, it. everybody seems to be pointing to these drops like the theater industry still isn't struggling, like it's a doom sign for one particular movie, but it's just, ah, uh, it's infuriating. So it's at $292 million domestically and $689.8 million worldwide, which I believe means it has already surpassed the original Doctor Strange at the box office. (laughs) And it's still got another weekend before any real competition comes back in, so we'll see what it brings in then. Second place domestically, we've got The Bad Guys, which took in $7 million for a 66.4 million domestic total. Yeah, I am surprised too. (laughs) And $165.8 million worldwide. Third place, Sonic 2. At four point six million <laughs> for a one hundred seventy five point eight million dollar domestic total. It's really hanging on there. What? Yeah. yeah. And three hundred fifty five point three million worldwide. Fourth place, we've got this week's movie Firestarter at three point eight million 
for a 5.8 million worldwide total. And then in fifth place, we got Everything Everywhere All at Once at $3.3 million domestically for $47.1 million total domestic and $51.8 million worldwide total. Also happy to say, by omission, Fantastic Beasts is out of the top five! Woo! Yay, Woo! let the series die, please. Please die! <laughs> yeah, please, no more. Please die, there's nothing interesting about it anymore. You took everything interesting and shoved it to the side in favor of, in favor of Dumbledore and Grindelwald baiting, which I would watch if it was its own movie. Yeah. If I may, they kind of taken the magic out of Harry Potter. Hey! hey! You are depressingly correct. <laughs> so that's this weekend's box office. We don't have a discussion topic this week. Yeah, kind of a lot of So news. we're going straight to the movie. To the movie. To the that movie. only I saw. That, yeah, I'm glad I didn't see it from what I've heard. Cause yeah, same. It's, it's the... I'm really upset because I also didn't send either of you my wall of inane scribbling. Because oh, did I have you get it? Oh, boy. Really? It's always, yeah, it's always the movies that I don't think I'm going to have anything about, where I end up just scribbling entire walls of gibberish. So you mean to tell me you didn't think you were going to have anything for Morbius? Okay, yeah, that's fair. I thought I was going to have something for Morbius. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> but yeah. Firestarter, more like Dreamcatcher, because all you're going to be able to do is catch some Zs watching it. Oh boy, yeah, that's... Oh, that has layers. You know. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, in fact, a remake of a previous Firestarter movie, which is itself an adaptation of a Stephen King book. It mm. is starring Zac Efron. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ryan I can't Kira take it seriously. Zac Efron's in it. Yeah. He's not great in this <laughs> at all. He's, in a, he's playing a serious role. How can you take him serious? It's just like Chris Rock. How can you take him seriously? It was kind of a, oh, right, he was in Baywatch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and once that hit me, uh, I think the saddest thing is, 20 minutes into this film, it finally hit me. I never saw a single trailer for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> not in any targeted ads, not in front of any movies I had seen leading up to it. I had seen no advertising for this movie. Oh, boy. Mm. And... That kind of set off so many red flags in my brain, because movies don't tend to sneak up on me, especially not ones by major studios, because this is Universal and Blumhouse. What? Oh, wow. And for a Blumhouse movie, it is boring. Like, usually with Blumhouse <laughs> movies, even if it's bad, I at least get some kind of entertainment value out of it, like Truth or Dare, or Fantasy Island, but... Welcome to Fantasy Island, Tattoo. Shut up! <laughs> Don't you dare. That's still one of my favorite moments ever. Continue. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm so glad that my rage and pain gives you joy. Oh, come on. God you... knows yours does the same for me. I was going to say, you got joy from me at, at Justice League. <laughs> I did. Oh, that was so good. Fun, uh, fun fact, the uh, director of this movie has the audacity to think that there's going to be a sequel. Oh, God, no. What, Firestorm? Yep. Oh, boy. The only good thing about this movie, from what I've heard, is that the music composed by John Carpenter. And I don't really remember the music. That's really weird for a John Carpenter score, because they are all pretty distinct, so... Yeah, I think the biggest problem is the movie does not lean into what should be a terrifying prospect 
of a little girl who's been sheltered her whole life with devastating powers. They make a whole big point about what a threat she could be, but the only times it ever really comes up and comes to a head, she's messing with the science conspiracy that's been tracking her family and killed her mom. So you don't feel the horror, you just feel like, yeah, these assholes had it coming, I guess. <laughs> just doesn't have anything to it. Things just happen. If I was still doing, this is one of my notes, if I was still doing the monthly movie awards, this would win Worst Parenting. Worst <laughs> Parenting? <laughs> yeah, no, that was a, that was actually recurring. Oh boy. That was a, that was a recurring award for me when I was giving out the monthly movie awards. Yeah. But this one's not directed by the same guy who did Brahms the Boy too. so. <laughs> streak broken, I guess. Hmm. Because he also directed Separation, which was the other winner of that award. No, the parents of this are terrible because they're supposed to be running and hiding so they don't let the girl have a phone, they don't let her have internet or anything, but they still put her in public school. (laughs) (laughs) It's the most baffling... The the fact that they had a kid at all kind of confounds the mind because the whole (laughs) idea is that they they were the subject of experiments that gave them powers. The mom is telekinetic but barely uses it, and the dad can influence people's minds he's basically the purple man but without the charisma and i'm hoping the sexual assault yeah without that Uh, too i think okay good (laughs) i don't know Hmm. not only do they have a kid but they put her in public school and then there's they act surprised when oh yeah no predictably her powers kind of acted up at one point she blew up the shit out of a bathroom And now everybody's asking questions, and now we gotta go, and now this conspiracy knows that we're alive, and they know where we are, and they're sending someone to hunt us Gee, I wonder what could have avoided this. Maybe homeschool your fucking child, if it's that important to you. Yeah. And the dad is insistent on, oh, we can't train her on her powers, she's gotta, she's gotta just hold it down. Yeah, that's gonna work for an 11-year-old. Yeah, that's, that's not how children work. It feels very, like a worse Brightburn. Okay, so when you were first started with it, it was like, okay, so I did think, why does this sound like a worse version of Brightburn? <laughs> it, it, it is. It feels like a worse version of Brightburn where they were too chicken shit to go full-blown on the heel-face turn. Yeah. Or face-heel turn. The other way around. That's the one. And even Brightburn wasn't... I, I, I remember feeling like it's like, alright, this is going places, but they could go so much further in the holy shit direction. So the closest thing to a terrifying moment that we get isn't even terrifying. It just made me mad. Uh, <laughs> I wrote here instant minus 10 points for cat murder. Oh, no. Oh, cat murder. Yeah, it's 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 actually Aww. it really sucks. What happens is when they first go on the run, the dad's asleep in the car and the girl's wandering around and there's a stray cat and she invites it to, you know, come up so she can pet it. I guess animals hate her as a result of her powers or whatever, because the cat hisses at her and scratches her arm. And then she just unloads. Just singes this fucking cat. And it doesn't kill it. And then the dad wakes up and is like, it's in pain and you gotta put it out, you gotta finish this, you gotta, you gotta make the pain stop. Which, fair, but also, just, instant negative points for, for animal murder. Yeah. yeah, it's like a shape of water when the cat died. I was like, okay, this is not fun. I don't want to see a cat get eaten. I remember the old couple in front of me during that movie legitimately walked out when the cat was eaten. Yeah, no, it's 
it, it's worse Brightburn, it's worse Stranger Things, it's worse Logan, and I... Oh, God! <laughs> oh, God! I don't have a particularly high opinion of Logan. I like Logan. I mean, okay, Logan is a very well-made film, but a terrible X-Men film, so... Yeah, I don't know. Oh, it did give me one of my favorite lines, though, which uh, the old man whose house they're holding up in says, you can stay until you go. What? And what? So I wrote down, doesn't everyone stay until they go? <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't possibly stay any longer or any less long. That's that's the that's pretty dumb. That's, that's almost as dumb right? as chief. You gotta let me get this guy. <laughs> oh, boy. Or uh, or how very white of you. I do wonder, and this is probably a bit of a pull. So the little girl not only has fire powers, but she also has her dad's psychic push powers, and I guess also a little bit of telekinesis. Mm. And I wonder if she was an inspiration for Manfred Bloor from the Children of the Red King series, because he starts out as a hypnotist, and then starts losing his hypnosis and gaining fire powers, and then he gets the hypnosis back, I think, as well? I don't know. Probably a bit of a pull. I think I'm the only person in my social group who's ever read that book series. I have actually yeah. never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, same. It was, it, it was pretty good. I liked it a lot as a child. Hmm. Well, why then. did I write Pyro Trigger? <laughs> pyro Trigger? Pyro. I know why I wrote two psychics, a pyro, and a pizza place. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait, was the doctor played by Red Foreman? I thought he was, and that's why I wrote down dumbass, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Oh, it was Red Foreman. Okay, I'm so good. <laughs> it was Kurtwood Smith. I was justified writing dumbass. <laughs> oh, boy. And then Michael Grey Eyes is a bounty hunter who's trying to bring them in, or trying to bring the girl in specifically. And I guess he has powers too, but I, I and I guess they're psychic powers, but most of what he does is just being implacable <laughs> and having a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I got a gun. <laughs> I think Michael Gray has legitimately said he only took this role because he's like, I do not want another person in red face like in the original. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Yeah. Yeah, this was not good, and I've already forgotten most of it. There's a decent enough one little bitty moment where the old guy whose house they're holding up and his wife was in an accident, and you find out that it's because he was having an argument with her when they were driving and wasn't paying attention, and that's why they got hit, and also their son died during that same accident. Oh, no. Oh, but boy. you get a pretty touching bit, because, like I said, the little girl can... She's, she's got telepathy stuff, or what have you, and she's like, yeah, there's something she's wanted you to know for years, and it's that she forgives you, and it was actually... that was a, It was a nice moment, and it was actually pretty sweet, and it kind of got me a little bit. Hmm. Then the movie kept going. <laughs> <laughs> for probably another 30 minutes at that point i don't really remember my dad mm. told me my dad's review also hi dad because i know you listen <laughs> nice my dad thank you for listening mr nick's dad the actual uh the actual thing my dad told me it was like it has a beginning middle and end it's technically a movie but by all accounts <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll agree with that I like how that's, even though that's so simple, that still is, like, scathing criticism. <laughs> <laughs> there's just nothing happens, apparently. Like, like, that was like, there's nothing that happens. The characters aren't likable. The characters have no, you get no attachment to any of the characters. Like, you really don't care anymore at ha once you get to a certain point in the movie about what happens to these people. 
the character does not have the right mindset to be a superhero, but also their victims aren't vicious enough for them to be a villain. So you really come out of it just feeling like, I just watched a movie. The product of terrible parenting kill a bunch of psychopathic scientists. I know the original star Drew Marymore. Uh, it did? Yeah, so... Never seen never it. Never seen like it. I need to yeah, I kind of want to watch mm-hmm. it. You know, maybe we can end up watching it on Criterion or something. Oh, what am I kidding? It's not going to be on Criterion. Yeah, you never know. Jennifer's body was on Criterion Channel for a bit. Good point. Uh, not actually that bad. Hmm. But yeah, that was that was Firestarter. And oh, other fun fact, and probably part of why its box office was terrible, it also was simultaneously released on Peacock. Yeah. Oh. That'll do it. Yeah. Also, apparently, uh, look at the Metascore for it. It's uh, not great. It's like a 3.7. <laughs> oh, what, the Metacritic? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's funny because I, I did not pay, because like I said, I didn't see any trailers for the movie. I, I did not even look at the critical reception until right before I went to go see it, and then I saw 13% Rotten Tomatoes, and 49%, 49% audience score. Was the worst part. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty, that makes us bad. Yeah. That was just like, okay, so, critics score whatever, you know, critics are, critics are fickle and they'll hate anything. Mm-hmm. But, Liam Neeson's memory had an 81% audience score right before I went to go see it. And that movie was, I think, probably just about <laughs> a, maybe a little bit better than this one. This one had a 49%. Half of the people who weighed in on this movie who saw it did not like it. <laughs> That's saying Slightly something. Slightly more than half did not like it. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie like that's that shit on in a while. Yeah. I I've, I imagine you're just kind of like, oh boy, what am I in for? It, I wanna... <laughs> yeah, that was a case of what's what. Oh dear, how did they mess this one up? Because I didn't read like any reviews or the consensus. I just looked at those numbers and thought, this can really only mean a bad movie. I just I don't think I could take Zach Efron in a serious role, like serious, like it's hard to do. It's very hard to do. I I couldn't do it. Fortunately, next week we get to go see Alex Garland's Men, and I swear to heck. If I'm the only one, oh no, y'all are missing out. I have an actual date night. We're gonna go see it. So nice, nice. No, I am so relieved. Nobody else caught this because we stopped recording. But last week, after recording, I was looking and I thought at first our options were either Downton Abbey: A New Era or Chippendale Rescue Rangers, <laughs> and I did not want to bother with either of those. I, I, not that I have any huge problem with Downton Abbey. I've just never seen any of it, and I don't think it would make Downton, especially good content. Downton Abbey, the sequel, looks so boring. It looks like the most boring film ever conceived. It's white people mm. in a house that go to another house because golf. I don't know. Like it looks. <laughs> Rescue Rangers. Like that was gonna be it. If Men wasn't coming out the same weekend, it was gonna be Rescue Rangers, and I was very much hoping it was not Rescue. I kind of gonna. I might watch Rescue Rangers anyway. I won't. I might watch Downton Abbey anyway. Sean asked me to go see it and write down, like, detailed observations despite having seen none of the show, and I might just do it. Why the fuck would you go see Downton and Abbey, a a new, what is it, a new era? Yeah. Depending on when you do that, I might join you, actually. No, don't don't (laughs) subject yourself to Downton Abbey. Yeah, no, 
We'll we'll get tea and we'll get tea and scones afterward or something. We'll make a uh, proper we'll make a proper day. The of only it. thing good about that movie series is Professor McGonagall plays the lady of the house. Hmm. I do like Maggie Smith. Yeah. Who was also in Death on the Nile, <laughs> along with Uncle Vernon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love inside jokes. That was a that was a lovely. Oh God, Cody! I can't ever watch a mystery thriller if you ever again. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I was I was genuinely kidding when I said he was the murderer. I didn't even say he was the murderer. I just said he was a murderer. I didn't know I was right. <laughs> I was stunned for three days after watching that with you. <laughs> You're three for three now because <laughs> I hate it. It's a genuine. <laughs> Nice. And yet sometimes, it's the stupidest movies on the planet that bamboozle me. Greg just reminded <laughs> me the other day. Because of all movies, Escape Room Tournament of Champions. Oh yeah, yeah. Utterly <laughs> fucking sideswiped me. Because <laughs> the whole bit at the end is one giant setup where it's like, ah, you thought you actually exposed the conspiracy, but we made like fake news reports or something, I guess, and you're actually still in an escape room while you're on this airplane. <laughs> and I, I briefly contemplated it, but I was like, "No, they'll never do that. That's too <laughs> stupid. They, they couldn't fake out this whole thing. It's, it, it strains credi- credi- it strains credibility. It's impossible." And then it happened, and I was just like, "Fuck me!" <laughs> I've been bamboozled by a Z-tier horror movie. <laughs> I remember, like, when it happened. I just looked over to you. You just had like the dumbfounded smile of like, "They got me." Those bastards. No, they did it. <laughs> they actually stumped me. I cannot believe it. I got Smeckledorf. Well, to be fair, it was one of those things where even I was like, there's no way they do that. That's stupid. So, and but yet, they did it. here we are. Speaking of here we are, uh, anything else? Or are we pretty much wrapping <laughs> this up? No, I think I've gotten my escape room bamboozle vent out of my system. <laughs> I have nothing. Okay, well, I guess then you know if you like if you like us, please please leave a comment letting us know discussion topics. Obviously, we need it because we weren't able hit to... the like button, hit the subscribe button. Most importantly, share it to people. Yeah, we, oh, we yeah. need we need all your friends to hear our voices and recognize us. We need all your friends who aren't already our friends. Yeah, that yeah <laughs> that too. But uh, we uh, I'm just holding up my hands in a spirit bomb pose. I even forgot. Give me your energy. <laughs> Just uh yeah, please. We wanna we wanna touch more people with the news. That sounds say it that way again. <laughs> yes. Anyway, I guess yeah. I'm. This has right. been under the bridge. Yeah, I'm Nick, aka Agent Duckman. I'm Cody, aka the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg, aka well, Greg. And this uh, has definitely Greg. been a thing. Yes. yes. Next week, men. Men, men, and news. Next week, three men talk about men. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit. You know what, Greg? Thank you. You've given me you've given me next week's episode in advance, you sly son of a bitch. Good job. Two two and two uh, halves men. Two, oh, two and a half men talk about men. Good night, everybody. This is going on too long. Bye everybody. Bye.